0: You're listening to another episode of the AnaVivo podcast. Thank you for your time. Welcome back to the Vivo podcast. I'm your host, Tim C. Miller, co-hosted with none other than Sizzly Steve. What it do. And we are joined today in the studios by an atmosphere and brotherhood of love as we come before you to share something that is near and dear to Stephen's heart. And... um And talk about that today. So what I want to kick us off with is if you are driving while you are listening to this, if you are working while you are listening to this, or if you are doing something else, I would like to know, our listeners would like to know, what activity you find yourself doing while listening to this particular podcast. And it will be relevant in a future podcast episode to come. But if you are listening to this on Apple iTunes or Spotify or Pandora or wherever you listen to this at, there theoretically should be a poll option at the bottom of uh, this episode. If not, head to anavivo.com, just the main website, anavivo.com, and you will see the episode embedded in a neutral player right on the website there, and you can click on the the poll There as well, so there should be a poll option with some generic things like I'm working, I'm driving, I'm cleaning, I'm uh, doing nothing, you know, or other. So uh, you'll see a list of things for for you to choose from, and um, it would be interesting for a future episode uh, if you could participate. So go head over there to anaviewer.com, check out that poll or on your uh, episode there, and without further ado, topic for today. Bureaucratic Inertia Bureaucratic Inertia That sounds like a cleverly adapted title for this episode uh, That we can use for the poll that I just announced There we go Yeah, so
1: uh, it's all about The government gives you a certain budget for the year Okay and as long as you spend it and say you need the same amount or more you keep getting that or you get more right never down never down but if you, as soon as you say
0: oh we didn't use it all I boom went, you're I, done i did a good thing i saved some for you you're no longer funded yeah. yeah yeah okay and your whole program shut down so the inertia the bureaucratic inertia moving forward okay yes
1: so there are um uh You know, a very famous example is this COVID. We are still getting COVID funds.
0: Interesting. Year after year. Isn't it 2024?
1: And and it's getting bigger. And we have more COVID funds for each state, for Washington at least, than we did when COVID was active.
0: Weird. Isn't that weird?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because of bureaucratic inertia.
0: That's a good uh, segue into what Texas is doing with the immigrants, where they're shipping the immigrants on buses, uh to Chicago and then Chicago is using covid funds 75 million dollars of covid funds to to uh, uh come and pick them up and and you know rehouse them or or move them around or put them you know get them into the system but they're using they're using covid funds isn't that crazy <laughs> they're like
1: no, we're a sanctuary city we would gladly take them to texas yeah and then all of a sudden when when it Texas actually happens. Says, yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll send them to you. It's like, no, no, we're banning all buses.
0: <laughs> weird, weird. Hmm. Anyway, so what are your thoughts on this? Did you have an uh, uh, agenda with this topic?
1: I don't have an agenda with this topic, but my th- my thoughts are, when does it stop?
0: Where does it stop? Where does it end? Yeah.
1: Why are we allowing this to happen? And who's funding all this? Uh, you are, my friend. Well, no, because... Uh, yes. Because <laughs> the U.S. taxpayers are not even able to keep up with our current spending. That's so, why
0: they increase every year.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, so it's not me funding it because we're way beyond that point. <laughs> it's We're in so much debt and we're getting into more and more debt every year. Mm-hmm. And if this... Bureaucratic inertia increases, then uh, at some point, there's somebody's going to come. The U.S. taxpayer is not able to fund anything that the United States does at at its current level. Right. And so,
0: where are we getting the money? What a great case argument for increasing taxes. We (laughs) can't keep up with it. Oh, you're right. We should increase those.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where Where can we get off by saying let's keep in Increasing the funding that we're spending on everything, anyways, are you know, I, I think it's only because we have a printing press.
0: <laughs> well, that's, that's the, uh, sort of joke reason. But I, I, would challenge you to pull up a, a separate tab there and Google who the largest China. holder of debt is. U.S. debt. I think I already know it's China, right? Well, pull it up. Okay. all right. Who is the largest holder? of U.S. debt. So this entity is purchasing huh. all of our debt. And uh, so you're t- to your question, when, you know, our, our taxes are limited, thankfully, but even still they go up. But you're right. There's so much extra spending that happens from somewhere. It's got to be borrowed from somewhere or someone. Who is it? Japan. You weren't expecting that either, were you? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So there's an interesting uh, dynamic happening. There should actually be a breakdown on that. If you click on, are you just looking at the main page? I can't see your screen. Um, it's
1: you, China and Japan are yeah. the top two. It's China. Yeah. However, as of January of last year, it's Japan. So I don't know how up to date all this information is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So who do you think it is? Well, no, I was going to say China also, which is usually always okay. number one. Yeah. yeah. But but if you if you click on that link um, there should be a breakdown on the percentages um, of what that looks like because it's not like it's not like they're buying up 100% so they're splitting it you know in this case it sounds 50-50 from what you're reading but yeah japan um,
1: has as of january of last year 1.08 trillion and china is at 870 billion
0: Right, and, and and then a myriad of other uh, United Kingdom, Belgium, countries. Luxembourg, Cayman yeah.
1: Islands, Switzerland Island, Canada. Brazil. Yeah, so
0: if we follow the, the money trail here, one of my interests in my master's degree that I wanted was uh, forensic accounting, and one of the exciting things in that field of study is obviously following the money and seeing when we're looking at economic policies and why are we allowing Huawei – uh, 5G infrastructure towers to be built off the coast of the U.S. in the Mexican waters, uh, but right off the coast of, uh, of the U.S. to collect on us. Why are we allowing that? Well, it's not because we don't like it. If you just ask someone their opinion on uh, another country spying on American people, obviously they're going to say, oh, I, I, I don't like it. Well, th- if you look at who the debt holder is, it doesn't matter what you like because if we have so much debt beholden to the UK, uh, who is uh, outside of China, the, n- the number one consumer of Huawei uh, 5G technology, then we have to, if we want to play ball with them, if we want to consider ourselves, quote, allies and friends and have favorable economic policy, we've got to play ball financially. And because they own uh, the the interest, the the financial interest of United States and its people, uh, we play ball with them. The UK yeah. or they, China, in they already case, have their towers Japan. all over Canada. Right, right. And so there's, um, so it's interesting. Uh, to your point, uh, where is all this money coming from? We we've created this right. We're a capitalist machine, where we've incentivized corporations or government entities. Think of the DoD as a good example of um, coming back every year with a Department of Defense budget and saying, yep, we did spend that $1 billion, sure enough. Obviously, it's more than that. But we spent that $1 billion, and uh, we'll need it again and or more. Yeah. And then you say, okay, well, our taxes only cover a portion of that. And China and Japan and the UK and everybody else is like, great. Yeah, well, of course, we'll cover that for you. And you'll owe us X, Y, and Z, or we'll come collecting. And to so,
1: a, To a point, though, I don't even think they're paying for it at a certain point because well that list
0: if you click on it is there's hundreds of people and uh, and, and even companies on that list not countries so right it, it does cover it but it's it's not all China or all Japan or, but I
1: don't think I mean we're so in debt I, to people I don't think it's I think we're just printing money no
0: but that's that's where you're wrong we can't just legally uh, no e- illegal you can't just print off paper. And say it's good. Says who? You have to have that exchange. Now, hold on. You just no. Hold on. Dilute a it. No. Hold on a second. There's there's a there's a um an economy that we believe in. There's a term for this that's escaping my mind right now. But basically, where a I'm going to print off a billion dollars, and uh, Japan, China, UK is going to buy a billion dollars worth of my debt and fund that for me. So essentially, we have that. Then there's another economy. Um, it's not a shadow. It's not called a shadow economy, and it's not as um, as evil or notorious as that that word sounds. But it is essentially where where we have all of this unattached uh, money, um, unbacked, printed money that does exist that does dilute the economy. And a good example of that is simply the counterfeiting. Uh, Process And how many—you could go on the Department of Homeland Security's website and or, or ask Nate how much money in counterfeit dollars the U.S. has confiscated just in 2023. And so—and and, uh, another pro tip here, uh, China is the number one producer of counterfeit U.S. dollars, go figure, and floods our economy to dilute— um, the the value of that US back dollar that is purchased by the, the debt that is holding by these other countries or corporations. So so you're right that you, you can technically print money and it's counterfeit, but but I'm I'm talking about just the main economy here. They've it's it's debt that is purchased by other countries. So when we had our
1: COVID fiasco and the government said everyone's getting a thousand dollars. Right. And they just printed $2.4 trillion. Somebody bought that. Somebody bought that. Right. So, or multiple somebody's. There must have been multiple because no one owns more than $1 trillion of our
0: debt. Well, right. Not not by themselves. Would right. You, would you so say Japan was in it, it must billion? have been
1: uh, Japan's at a trillion. At one trillion, yeah. China's almost at a trillion. So <laughs> it must have been like a bunch of people got together and said, I know we're struggling, but hey, we'll bolster your economy like what does that make sense
0: well there's trade offs right i mean this is this we could go on for years but the, there's trade offs where we're providing tax incentives for for I'm, i pick on china a lot but i don't i don't mean to but they are one of the largest producers of our goods but we we tax them right for every good that they bring into a us port we tax them on their goods that they're bringing in so there's trade offs where we say hey we'll we'll lower your tariff on these goods if you purchase X amount of debt, or if you uh, back us in this play, or if you do this and that. And that's why it's never as clean as people think. They're like, why are we not protecting Taiwan? They are about to lose their sovereignty to China. Why don't we just go over there and do something? Why are we not protecting Ukraine? Why are we not protecting Israel? Why are we not getting involved in here or saying no to this or being involved in this? It's, It's never as black and white as it seems because we have so many other interests political financial um economical that uh, that require us uh, all to be in play and be balanced and and when they're not balanced that's when we look at the economy and and we can stand back from an analytical standpoint and say ah that's why this is happening or this is about to fall or this is going to go down and so it's really like a 3D 4D 10D chessboard <laughs> with all of these other labeled pieces, um, which is kind of cool to look at and kind of neat to analyze, but yeah, a lot to track.
1: So it is interesting that you talk about how uh, China's the, like the number one counterfeiter of U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. It I did watch, what was I watching? I was watching, I think it was um, Reacher on Amazon Prime. Oh, <laughs> And they're dis- a good book. discovering this uh, counterfeiter and everybody in south america is using counterfeit money because when you're down there who's going to say this isn't a real us dollar
0: right i'll take it yeah,
1: yeah you'll take it i'll take it and so um and so it's like the number one use case of counterfeit money is mm-hmm. just yeah. outside of the outside of america right but but back in history abraham lincoln authorized when they were in debt had no more money mm-hmm. he authorized the printing of
0: greenbacks yeah,
1: not backed by physical gold or silver, right? Because they're in debt, and so he just printed money to get money.
0: Right, that was one of the first cases where we broke away from the gold standard, and we no longer had a asset based currency. So our currency became um, fake. Is for Fiat is that the word? Yeah, it's fake. A- it's a uh, basically an untethered uh, currency that as long as we believe Former in fiat it.
1: fiat currency, not backed by physical Yeah, yeah fiat currency. Silver.
0: So as long as we believe in it, it's, it's real, right? That's basically what we all do. If you agree it's real, like you said in South America, if you agree to take it and you give me a good for it, hey, <laughs> we're all good, right? And so, uh, yeah, in, in times of war or things like that, especially with that, at that time, the, the country's divided. But, but even then, after he printed it, It didn't just go into the economy and disappear, right? It went into your pocket as a citizen. Well, it person's the heck out of it. Right, but somebody then bought up that because it was considered a debt. At that point, it became a debt. It was no longer tied to an asset. It was owed. So meaning if you look on the dollar bill, it says this is a tendered note or something like that that you can exchange for currency. And, And at a certain point, it no longer said that on the U.S. dollar. And so when it became that, it became a note which is a debt it became a note i'm giving you this piece of paper that promises that you have a dollar sitting in your bank and so once that debt became real and realized then corporations countries people began to buy all that up and and back and they became the asset essentially instead of gold so basically
1: if the us government were to just print another 8 trillion dollars of greenbacks right Japan to, and China and everybody else would be the holders of all that because they just eat it. They would sure. eat all that cost. Well, I'm they would. Saying,
0: they wouldn't eat it. They would take it. And all the ter- debt we currently trade. have. Yeah.
1: No, even if they didn't, weren't willing to buy buy it, they would. All the all the current debt they currently have mm-hmm. would just be diluted so bad to the point where they are now paying for our debt, regardless if they agree to or not, because the money that we owe them is now so diluted. No. We could print the, money and pay their, their debt. And pay their debt? Yeah. We owe them $1 trillion. Well, if somebody else. We could ag- print $1 trillion and just hand it over <laughs> to them. If somebody else agreed to hold that back, no. back us for that. No, you know? because in the Civil War we did it. No one agreed to
0: anything. We just printed the money. Right. But we didn't trade it for debt. Right. So we what, could what just print the money now. What you're saying is if we printed money and gave it to China to pay off our loan, that would work. But then China's holding pieces of paper that's not backed by somebody. So as long as it's backed by somebody, then it's good. They're not going to just, obviously, you wouldn't take It's not backed by money. anybody. It's backed by the, Not exactly, I, I think it's real money, and you think it's but real money. But they don't think it's, that's the problem. It's, it's not actually backed by somebody. It's like printing monopoly money. You don't think
1: money. you could take a $100 bill around the world
0: <laughs> and say, this is $100? No, I, again, to the point of counterfe- counterfe- counterfeiting, <laughs> there, that does happen. You know, there's some great... Um, if anybody's interested and wants to go down rabbit trails, look at the CIA uh, um, fund money that they use all the time, where it's a narcotics trade essentially for for cash and uh, and, and allows them to operate outside of their operating budget, their government-issued operating budget, uh, because of this untracked money essentially. So, so certainly counterfeiting happens and even has its place. But to your point of, hey, we owe uh, Japan a trillion bucks, we're going to print off paper and hand it to them. Obviously, Japan's not going to, both parties have to agree that it's real. And if Japan doesn't agree that it's real, then it's not a trade. We can't just pay it off. So it would have to be purchased or owned by another country or another corporation or, you know, backed by somebody that says, yeah, we're good for that. We are good for that. And so, um, yeah, a very easy way to describe it is the five of us as kids sitting in a circle. And anytime you want, uh, piece of candy from the candy jar, um, it costs uh, a toy. And I say, yeah, I'll, I'll pay that toy for Steven and Stephen can keep grabbing candy from that from that bag. But as soon as I stop paying that, you don't get more candy. So what has to happen is I have to then continue to manufacture toys or get toys from someone else to pay or get them from Ben or Seth and continue to back that process. And so that's why, going back to the 5D chess, 10D chess, <clears throat> we'll trade our debt for lower taxes from the same person that's buying our debt. China will say, I'll buy this $1 trillion or this you know $500 billion in exchange for uh, you granting me um, a monopoly, essentially, on manufactured goods uh, in the United States. How many mcdonald's toys have you ever seen that say made in korea or made in japan you know most of them say all of them i've never seen one that doesn't say made in china yeah and so they have you know there's there's monopolies that they have with um different companies or just the the u.s at at large uh for better tariffs or better economic policies or uh better maritime policies i mean we this extends all the way into our uh, our um war fighting domain in terms of how and where we operate uh, within their their borders or what we recognize. How many Hollywood movies have you seen recently that allow um, maps on their in their movies that say the nine, da- dash, nine dash line is a real thing that we're acknowledging? And the nine dash line is something that we've never formally acknowledged as a United States but our culture will acknowledge because it's the cost of doing business. We will to get our movies into China, we will play by their economic rules and say, Yeah, sure, you own the Philippines and all of the waters around them and blah, blah, blah. And we'll agree to that because we want to sell our, our Hollywood movies there and, and make a lot of money. So there's trades that happen, you know, at, at all different levels and it, it can get so convoluted. But to to my heart's cause, you know, it's the cost of sin is what happens. We, we put humans in it and, uh, we get greedy. I've said it before, money talks, everything else walks. And, um, we chase that rabbit and we, we go as far as we can. So nobody creates jobs. They just create more complicated things that require more things. So the IRS tax code could be one pamphlet, but because we need to create more jobs and make that look like a good optic or PR case, we, turn the IRS code into how many volumes of, of tax law now so that we can create more jobs for people and require it uh, to be so administratively burdensome that the normal American citizen can't even pay their own taxes for free. And so we have all of these third parties, like TurboTax who are under a uh, lawsuit or H&R Block or whomever, uh, doing th- that we, have to, we as a citizen have to pay for to then pay our taxes. <laughs> so think about that. Hey, you owe me money. Just well, for existing, and by the way, you're going to pay this company to help you pay me. This every, every because I've made it too
1: convoluted for you to do. <laughs> consultant is required to offer a free,
0: sure form of their. That's tax why services. TurboTax is in lawsuit because they are. You're right, and they've made it so impossible to do that people don't.
1: So yes, yeah, so to to full circle it. Yeah, yeah. If you were a government agency. Your death sentence would be to say, "We're financial. We <laughs> death didn't sentence. use all the money." Right.
0: <laughs> as a nuclear family, as a family unit, my role is to save and be fiscally conservative, and to do a better job of budgeting and have a surplus of funds every year. But exactly, yeah,
1: <laughs> your four hundred one k, your right. vacation fund <laughs> to
0: operate within my budget to exactly. always have an uh, you know extra at the end. Look. I did a great job. I've got extra money. But <laughs> in, in a in a government entity, my job is to blow it all <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah, blow
1: it all, spend it all, and go over budget.
0: Did I share this story on an episode already about uh, when I was ordering rubber O-rings for my JP5 fuel pumps on the USS George Washington and the cost of those O-rings?
1: I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't heard every podcast
0: you were with me.
1: You you co-host these podcasts. You know, then I haven't heard that story. <laughs> okay. So I was gonna say I don't you know uh, I haven't heard every podcast because you've had some <laughs> other guests on.
0: <laughs> From my own brother. Uh, <laughs> you haven't talked about that with me. Okay. Well, if I've if you've heard this listener, I'm I apologize in advance. But to the point of this episode we were out in the Indian Ocean, and two of our fuel pumps blew uh, rubber gaskets. And so we had to order uh, new gaskets for our fuel pumps. And we pulled in, we pulled back in uh, to Japan. This was right before the earthquake, the big earthquake in 2011. And we went into a a period of um, uh, essentially a dry dock period, but we weren't actually dried out because we're the four deployed uh, carriers. So we just had a lot of things open, our, our fuel pumps open and everything, um, to, uh, and our voids and everything to, to be, uh, clean and do all the stuff before we went back out to sea. So anyway, I went into town to grab o- O-rings for our pumps because, uh, they were needed yesterday. And you know, if, if you've been in the Navy, uh, the, the officer says, Hey, this needs to be up and running. The expectation is it's up and running chief make it happen. And the chief says, Uh, Miller, this was due yesterday. Let's get this happening. And so we just do whatever we can to, to get these things running, which is not by the books at all. Right. And it, but, but in the same vein, if we push back and say, actually, we can't until this O-ring comes, uh, then it gets even worse. So anyway, to the point I'm, I'm in the, uh, Daiso, which is a dollar store at the, um, in Japan, essentially a really awesome dollar store. We have Daiso's here in the U S now. Um, we just opened a new one in Burlington, actually, which is funny. Are Side you topic: about dollar stores. Yeah, okay. yeah. Japanese dollar. What do you mean stores. now? Oh, Japanese dollar yeah. stores. I was gonna say yeah. we've had dollar <laughs> stores. <laughs> no, the Daiso. Anyway, they're they're really fancy, really cool dollar stores. Um, and so I'm in, so you can get things like O-rings and whatever. And so I'm looking for them, and I went to their. They've got a little hard, hardware store next door. Uh, it came out to something like 14 cents, uh, an O-ring. So it was like a bag of five or 10 or whatever. And so it was a few bucks that I could get these O-rings. That I needed. And I brought them back and I was going down, I'm an E5 at the time. I'm going down to install these O-rings and, um,
1: they were too cheap.
0: No, they're they just fine. They look exactly no, like, no,
1: the quality is
0: fine. The price was too cheap. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I brought the the broken O ring with me. So I knew exactly what I needed. I knew, you know, the material. Uh, but because it did not have the mill standard number uh, part uh, NRN number, because it didn't cost um, a lot of money marked on the thing, which is a, like a patent and, you know, like, hey, this is a, a real military whatever, which is essentially just a stamp, a tax stamp. Um, I walked down there and, uh, and thankfully, you know, looking back on this, I'm thankful that chief was, or not chief, my uh, first class was down there. He's like, uh, nope, we can't use those. And, and I, I asked why I'm a firstborn. And, um, he gave me a great, a great reason, you know, if, if this pump blew and killed somebody, you know, while we were underway and there's an investigation, which of course is would happen. And they found this part that was not a mill standard stamped, uh, supply ordered part. Uh, somebody could not get their SGLI potentially, their their life insurance, somebody could go to prison, people could lose their jobs. That's a great There's, argument. Why did you buy that then? Yeah, it, well, I didn't know. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, we need this part now. We need to fix this. I got to do oh, this. Okay. It, this is fast. So the supply system was going to take a week. That So we put it in the supply, the Navy supply, like, hey, we need this part. And he's like, it's going to take a week. And guess how much that one. So I got a package of like five or ten for a few bucks. Guess how much that one O-ring was? $8. It was going to take a week to get here. $27 for one O-ring. For, like, shipping and everything. I, It was in the warehouse. It was already there. $27 for an O-ring. Yeah. That was the exact same O-ring I got for a few bucks for five of them because it didn't have that number on it. Because, to your point, how when the, when the number of crunchers come back at the end of the fiscal year and say, shoot, we are... short. We are $200,000. We're a million dollars short. Where can we make this up? Oh, let's just increase the price across the board for all these O-rings and all of these hammers and all of these gold toilet seats and whatever. And and look, hey, we've we've met our budget, a million dollars. And so uh, kudos to the manufacturers who are getting paid boatloads for making the same product and selling one to the hardware store in Japan and one to... uh, the military for 10 times as much
1: <laughs> yeah and it's not some government um organization it is the government excuse me that's selling those <laughs> oh, is it? oh no
0: it's just some dude right it's you in your basement that just has one mark with that stamp and the other that one that i doesn't.
1: know hey the government exactly, exactly. needs this yeah oh there's a whole
0: episode it. we could do on government uh contracting and uh and jobs Um uh, but but in, in defense, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way from a from a form of government, capitalist government, which incentivizes – I mean the whole point – to bring this full circle, the whole point of this is we created this problem. We said, okay, government, we've got – in our treasury that we just collected from all of the U.S. citizens, we've got this amount of money. How much are you asking for, Tim? Oh, I'm the head of defense. I'm asking for this amount. Great. I, you got it. Okay, next year, how much are you asking for? again? Oh, you didn't need that much? Oh, then you don't you get less? Oh, you needed more? Great, we give you more. So so we've created this capitalistic drive. It's our fault for incentivizing it the wrong way. However, I wouldn't live in any other form of government currently that exists in
1: more spending's always better.
0: In the world. <laughs> <And> <laughs> because I'd, I'd rather be in debt. Yeah. Yeah to our w- point. we've we've talked about this before on the episode. We've talked about this, Steve and I in the hot tub. You know, if you've got to fall in one of these two buckets, one is an economy where you are debt free, and you can think of countries around the world where people live debt free, but they are dirt poor. They are their quality of life is incredibly low, but they're debt free.
1: They can't ever get a credit card, which they, is debt.
0: Right. They can't get a car, which means they can't ever get a car
1: payment. Everything unless they, have they the do, thirty thousand dollars. Right. Everything they do
0: has there. to be from savings, or a trade. There's nothing that they can do to yeah. borrow money What's to increase their quality of life. Same as cash saying or something like, <laughs> yeah.
1: it's 90 days, same as cash or something.
0: Right. They can't ever do that. But if you want to be, there's there's those that group of people or those are the group of people that are in copious amounts of debt. Oh, yeah. Looking at you, America. But your quality of life is far better. I have a if house I haven't paid off. Our, our prisoners, prisoners I have a gym off. membership and HBO. Yeah, exactly. If, if our prisoners have a better quality of life... Then free people in another country. That tells you something. But we all are in copious amounts of debt. So there's the trade-off, right? So I wish I could go
1: <laughs> when I file my taxes every year and say I used it all and
0: I need more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, you owe this much. You know what? Actually, I've got one better for you. I used it all, and I'm going to need more next year. Exactly. Really? <laughs> That's the kind of citizen we're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Pr- print. Start printing yeah. now. Yeah. Well. The only way government makes money is through its citizens, so they have to tax us.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. Um, If you have a printing press at home, email us. We would love to receive your dollars or, you know, your debt.
0: (laughs) Actually, to that, Stephen's looking to lend money out in exchange for $2 a day. So if you're looking to borrow money and you're willing to accept a low interest payment, of a mere two dollars a day until it's paid off. It's not very low. Contact Steve, <laughs> Sizzly Steve.
1: Thank uh, you for your time and consideration. I uh, this is not. What, do you have to like say those terms <laughs> when you're a lender? <laughs> you got to. We, we are those terms. we are not
0: authorized financial consultants. No MLS number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been another wonderful episode on the Anavivo podcast. Thank you, Steve, for joining me again today. And uh, I guess the big takeaway for. Our listeners here, uh, to, again, to not leave you in a downward spiral of, of how awful the system can be. Uh, the the joy here is that if you're listening and you're listening in America, you are doing better than most people around the world, even if you are also in copious amounts of debt. Well, so we think so. Yeah, praise praise the Lord for that, and uh, look for the little things around your life to give thanks for today. And uh, on your way. And don't forget to fill out that poll. Where are you listening to this podcast? Click on that or visit anavivo.com. And as my kids would say, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. We welcome your feedback and ideas. You can learn more about us by simply Googling the word Anavivo. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. I am a licensed real estate broker with Compass Real Estate and a nationwide real estate matchmaker. We consult with you for free, find and vet the right real estate professional that specializes in the area and niche you need, are paid by that professional, and they get clients like yourself who want and need their unique specialty or winning track record. If you or someone you know is in the market to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the US, don't simply web search the highest paying advertiser. Let us use our licensed experience to find and vet the real and best professional for you. It costs you nothing but a phone call or email with me and has saved my clients financially and emotionally. I'd be honored to serve and you can reach me direct by email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com. And as always,